0: Hello everyone, welcome to Generational Voice Season 5 and in this season we are actually you know going on stages of relationships. I will be co-hosting with Daniel Tegel and this is the second ever since we started from last week and it's been amazing. So over to my co-host. Thank
1: you very much Jumaima, it's amazing to be here, amazing to be on this podcast. And by the grace of God, we've, we've had amazing people, and today is no different. Today we have even more great and amazing people on this platform. So I'll give the opportunity to our guests to introduce themselves, so we better understand and relate with them. Amen. So over to you, Michael and Stephanie. Over to you. So Michael, you can introduce yourself, then Stephanie will introduce herself after that.
2: Alright, hi everyone. Um, my name is Dr. Michael. I'm an optometrist um, in Ghana. Um, I'm enthusiastic about leadership. I'm enthusiastic about entrepreneurship and leadership development. Um, I also find passion in teaching young people about the word of God. And I'm excited to be a part of this broadcast. Thank you.
3: Hi, everyone. My name is Dr. Stephanie Ruda opuyopua I'm interestingly also an optometrist at the SNES Hospital. And I'm also the president of the Outer Diamonds Ministry, a relationship ministry geared towards educating people on issues pertaining to life and society. And I just love to talk to people. I love to counsel. And basically, I just love love. So I'm so glad to be here this evening. And I do hope we have a good time. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much. Such a great introduction. I mean, you guys are really doing stuff in the kingdom of God, and God bless you for it. Wow. So to kickstart our conversation about this subject, the topic in question, can I ask, how long have you been dating and courting? And that's to you, Dr. Mike. Um, I would
2: say this question is, is also... It's always very difficult to answer this question because um, um, I think for us, it was more of a transition from friendship into um, courtship. So um, I I don't think that there was really a tangible phase of dating per se, but we've known each other for seven years and we have officially courted for um, January will be three years. So, um, since January 2020, I believe. Um, so, January 2023 will be three years since we have officially um, been in courtship.
0: Yes. That's amazing. Three whole beautiful years. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. And to the next, to the next question Not every relationship ends in marriage. So, what made you propose to her? tell what made me? I agree.
2: Okay, so for me, um, I had um, very strict criteria for the kind of um woman I was looking for. I was looking for um not just companionship, but I was also looking out for somebody who would um um be um, a good fit, and I would also be a good fit, you know, in their life and purpose, you know, in ministry and in career progression and all of that. So the agenda really was to um, get somebody who would be a partner in achieving God's purpose for our lives. And um, and I've always said and and maintained that for me, I, I decided to propose to her in particular because I had never, and even now, I have still not seen anybody with such a good balance of spirituality intellectuality beauty physical beauty mental beauty you know um all the necessary things that make you know somebody fit for purpose i've never seen such a perfect combination of all these things i'm looking out for in such a beautiful body as hers so um for me as long as i have known her i've always known that she was for me i mean i i told her a number of years ago that seven years ago when i met her i i just knew from the very first day i knew I, I, it was as if god had had arranged and just had to just you know give me a signal that this is the one i was looking for but i had to take a number of years for me to be able to really um, um overcome you know that fear of stepping forward and and to really come to propose to her. So I propose to her because she is the embodiment of what I am looking for in a life partner. Um, spiritual, attractive, loves the ministry, beautiful, loves God and the things of God, loves people. Yes. So these are the reasons why I propose to Dr. Stephanie Roda Obliebwa. I'm actually a pleasure thank you <laughs> okay so i agreed
3: to the proposal of this handsome young man well like he said we've known each other for seven years we are best of friends and we have been best of friends since first year in school so and like he rightly said um it's always very hard to answer the question of how long we've been dating. Because to the best of our knowledge, we've known each other for so long. So it's like waving are dating without knowing we're dating. Because we've been together for so long. And I realized that my natural self is such that I easily get tired of people or oh, I used to easily get tired of people. But there was something striking about Michael. I wasn't getting tired of him. We were in the same class. And interestingly, we used to sit at the same place, like from first year to fifth year. I used to see him almost every day because we would have to go to class and in first there was in Enders Hall, he was in Queen's Hall. So we, we used to walk to class together and walk back to our to our halls together, you know. So we're always around each other. But I wasn't getting tired of him. And the more I was with him, the more I wanted to see him. So our friendship blossomed from you know, from being close to being acquaintances and to being best of friends. So, you know, you know, along the line it just felt like that, that was the right thing to do because I had not known anyone like I knew him. And initially, I didn't give relationship thoughts because I had my own preconceived mindset about the person I had to marry and the person I had to be with and all that. But when I started thinking about it in that light, it was just like the puzzle had fitted perfectly because he had always been in the circle and I was just being stubborn. So I agreed to be with him because he's an embodiment of whatever I wanted. We are best friends, he understands me, he appreciates me, he loves me, most importantly. And our purposes align so much, our visions aligned, and I felt like we were meant to fulfill destiny together. Yeah, so that's why I accepted to be with him. And I've not regretted it.
0: That's amazing. So um, to you, Dr. Michael, so it was like... I love at first sight if that's what you are saying so you saw her and you just knew this was the woman i want to be with this was someone i would want was it something like that for you
2: yes um in as much as it sounds you know very cliche that is that is the facts that is what happened you know seven years ago some sometime in september seven years ago that was in 2015 i was just 19 at the time you know and I had never met her before, so there's no, it, was, it wasn't like it was somebody I had I had a crush on before or knew before or anything like that. I had never met her before, but the first day I set my eyes on her, there was an impulse within me. I it's very difficult to explain this, but it, it was clear in my mind that it was, it was almost as if she's somebody i've known before even though i had not known her before so it was instant i had never felt like that with anybody and how i know for sure that that is what really happened to me was that at the time i was a very shy person i, I it was a very difficult thing for me to walk up to any young lady to 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 introduce myself or anything of that sort but for the first time in years, because of the witness I had received on my inside, I just went straight up to her and I introduced myself. I didn't even really understand why I was doing that. But the impulse that I had received, it was a signal in my spirit that this lady is somebody I have something to do with. I, I don't know of what form it will take. I don't know how it was going to turn out. But... I just knew that this was somebody who was going to play a role in my life, you know. And everything after that was just a build-up on that foundation. So I would not say love at first sight. I would say an impulse by the Holy Spirit at
0: first sight. That's what happened. That's, That's powerful. An impulse of the Holy Spirit at first sight view like if you are listening to this trust me you have to get a pen and a book and start writing honestly and dr mike he said he said something he said it was an impulse at first I you didn't just go to her and tell her that an impulse of the holy spirit that you know you're someone i'll be the very vital to me or you're someone i will get married to you know some of us in our day most Christians end up when that or most guys end up saying God says you are for me at that instance when they didn't know the person but then you had this input but right? you didn't just go ahead and say God down I you but then you took your time and built up on it that is what you are saying
2: yes absolutely um, I, I think it's the most ridiculous trick in the book um That you cannot go up to somebody and try to blackmail them with the Holy Spirit. I think that's one thing a lot of church folk do. That end up, you know, getting them bounced. And and with all some of of the stories we hear around. You cannot blackmail somebody. You know, you cannot use spiritual blackmail to get somebody to be in a relationship. So you cannot tell the person that, oh, the Holy Spirit said you are my wife. No. Even though at that instance, I did not say that to her, eventually I did. And her response was that the Holy Spirit has not told her anything. You know, so (laughs) it's, 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 trust me, it's the last thing you want to do. It's ridiculous. What you need to do is to focus on developing a friendship. And I think that is what has brought us this far. A friendship that has withstood the test of time you know it's been seven years and she's still my very best friend you know and that is the foundation upon which all this was it was not built on the revelation of the witness in me that it's it it is a prompting of the holy ghost and so i'm going in no even though that was the foundation we had to build on that foundation with friendship yeah, so please don't go and tell anybody the holy spirit said you yeah, are my wife it's, it's a wrong move
0: Yeah, it's a very wrong move so dr michael spoke about friendship and that you guys had a friendship that stood the test of time and as you were speaking you, you kept on saying we are friends we are friends you spoke about friendship alone and i want to know how did ship take a toll on your relationship so, <laughs> well, I
3: believe that the bedrock or one one of the great, you know, bedrocks of any successful relationship is friendship because at the end of it all, friendship is what you are left with. When you are done having sex, you are done having your kids. It's a companionship that is left. So that that to me is what holds the relationship together. Not, not even love. Friendship does. Yes, yeah, so... The friendship has really impacted our relationship, you know, in so many ways. Because you realize that as M-Christians, right, we are not allowed to do some things before we are married. So some people cannot stay in a relationship because they are, they are like, what, what am I going to be doing you know there are so many Christians who are doing things wrongly because they've not understood the proper way to be in a godly relationship so the friendship has just been painless for us we talk about basically everything we actually have a rule that says let's even talk about it when it's even silly. we talk about everything when we even know that what you are saying it's still not making sense. We are still going to talk about it. And that, you know, glues the two of you t- together. Because we've been together for seven years. I, I can't say I know him, you know, a 100%. But I can say that I know him more than a 90%. So I'm able to understand the way he acts. I'm able to understand the way he behaves. And there are times he has even not spoken a word. But per the way his body movements are i'm able to read meaning into it and know if he's okay or not because so like the friendship is that important it's really really important because it is the glue that holds both of you together and if your relationship will go far you have to be friends I, I really don't see how the relationship is going
1: work. well i liked one thing you said you said as christians we are not allowed to do certain things we are not allowed to do certain things most of the time people feel like these things should be option that Christians should take on you know the kingdom of god doesn't give us we submit free will unto onto god yeah and so we can't really decide for ourselves what should go and what shouldn't the, the rules are cut out amen and you have established friendship as your bedrock friendship as a bedrock, and that has that's taken you to seven years wow come on, look at that seven years amazing and so you you've got to know each other that you read his body language even without him speaking you know what he's mm-hmm. um, he's going through you can tell wow that's amazing that's amazing mm-hmm. so with that said what should change about the relationship when you get engaged and that's to you buster okay
3: so i understand this question in a lot of ways. So I'll give, you know, a lot of, you know, ways in which the relationship can change when you engage. So <clears throat> per setting, we really, some people really don't consider the dating part, you know, because they are like, some, some people have the notion that you actually can date more than one person because the dating stage is also called the talking stage, right? So it, it means that you can talk to two or more people. And not really choose the one you want to be with but when you cross um, the dating stage and you get to the courting stage that's when you've chosen one person you want to study right with a goal of getting married to the person or to put it in a much better way having a godly a what what even is the word like yeah I'm having a goal towards marriage right yeah so I believe the moment you are engaged and the engagement here, means to me that the gentleman has asked you to marry him. Some people think they're engaged, but they are not engaged because the guy has not said anything. So you are just assuming. And the guy can wake up what they and come and tell you that, I never asked you to, to marry me. I never asked you if you want to marry me. So once the gentleman has spoken, has asked you to marry him, then that's where I can call it an engagement, right? So once it gets to that point, I believe no human being will want to joke about something like well some some people are just you know some some some, some people just just want to play but no serious Christian will want to joke about something like that so for your relationship to progress to that engagement stage means that both of you know each other Or have known each other for quite a while not really with years like some some people can be together for six months and they get to know each other though you know it's best to study the person for your heart but we we really can't put timing on some of these things because we all act in you know diverse ways but so once your relationship gets to the engagement stage I believe it gives you you are more safe because you know that okay so this person who is asking Me to marry him is giving me an you know assurance that I want to spend my life with you, I am not joking with you, I am not playing with you. What we are doing is serious business. We are we are not fooling, we are not trying to see if this works out, so it puts you in a safe spot, okay? So because you know you have that one person, and I'm going back to the point that in my opinion. If both of you are really serious people, I think by the time it gets there, you you both should be ready to get married. Because it's really not comfortable waiting for so long after the engagement to to get married. That's a story for some other day. So but that itself gives you some sure surety that okay, this this person means business with me and it, it really puts you in a safe, safe spot, okay. And two, um, that also, you know, opens your mind more towards what life should be about, okay? Because people have so many reasons why they want to get married. One of them is to start a family. So the moment you are engaged, well, I really don't know how it works, but i have going to, you know, experience it. From my engagement till now, my, my mindset has changed i've always been a family person because of the kind of family that i grew up in my parents are still married we all stay together and all that so i have grown to have a pictorial view of how family life should be right so you realize that the moment you engage you really stop acting like a girl and you start acting like you know a woman because very soon you are going to be a mother so your mindset is formed and like I'm saying I really don't know how it happens but I believe it's God's own way of you know of you know making you ready for like the journey you're about to embark on so it opens your, your mind now you really don't start thinking about yourself alone now start thinking about a possible family and that even guides your actions because you know that okay now I have to stop doing some things because I'm going somewhere Do you understand? So it really, you know, has a lot of impact in diverse ways. It makes you safe. It opens your mind. And it also makes you know that you are taken. So that should also, you know, guide you on your relationship with others. Because, see, the truth of the matter is that let's even say you are even married, there are still some men who still want you. But when you have that consciousness that you're engaged, it it even affects the way you relate with guys. Because you know that, okay, now if, let's see, you are really the hugging type that used to hug every guy you see, now you're going to be a bit more cautious because you don't want to lead guys on you know on people to read wrong meanings you know into your actions with them so you know you ha- it's i'm just guide you you know yeah it, you know literally just guide you on every path that you take yeah i think i'm talking too much now <laughs> thank
1: you great great thank you so much thank you so much for that um you said something whilst you were speaking you said uh it's not advisable to take long to get married after you are engaged so, what would you estimate as the right time before you get married?
3: Okay, and truth is, some of these things, you you can't put time in on it, okay? Some people meet, and within the first three months, they're engaged, and they are in a happy marriage. Some people spend two years, some spend three years. So, I would say it depends on both of you. If you know you are not... Well, my rule, my personal rule is if you know you are not ready to marry in say the next year or maximum two years, you're not ready for an engagement. Yeah, my reasons are one, you having that consciousness leaves you quote unquote tied to that person. So you start feeling more vulnerable around the person. And now I um, you at that stage, you know that this is the person I, I want to spend my life with. So the moment you start getting cozy and all, there are so many sexual intimacies that may happen if you are not careful. So you have to make a conscious effort not to do some of these things. So why would you put yourself through all that stress? Because if both of you are really attracted to each other, or would even get to a point it's it's not even good to go and visit the guy in his home or anything so why why would you want to wait for that long you're only putting yourself on unnecessary pressure so per my rule I think 6 months to a year you should get married maximum 2 years so guys so you know before you want to engage a lady ask yourself whether you are ready and you are prepared for marriage if you don't think you'll be prepared for marriage in the next year or two I think you should hold on
1: Mm -hmm. great 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 analogies and great reasons why i think it's something that we should we should all pay attention to right please dr mike would you like to say something and add something to this that what should change about the relationship when you get engaged
2: okay so i think that first of all i'll talk about the things that naturally change one of the first things that change for the man or you know the male is that when you propose and she says yes the first thing that happens to you is a very heavy sense of responsibility and that's it settles on you the moment she says yes because now you become very conscious of the fact that very soon you are going to become the head of a family know even if i mean children are not involved you are still gonna be the head of a family and that's a very weighty sense of responsibility that falls on you after you propose a lot of times people don't prepare before they propose people think you know it's just a part of the process like you just say i want to marry you the person says yes and you move but it's actually much deeper than that it requires a lot of mental preparation a lot of prayer a lot of you know financial preparation for you to be able to make that step to say hey will you marry me it's not for the drama of it It, you know some people are enthused about you know getting proposed to in public and all of that and making a drama out of it it is a god-ordained system that we all are supposed to go through to be able to get to the point of marriage so at that level there is a sense of responsibility that settles on you what should change is that you should let that sense of responsibility translate into the way you live your life the way you relate to other people you know so that sense of responsibility should be able to make you responsible as an individual so from that day it should be a conscious effort that you have asked somebody if they want to get married to you and the person has said yes and so you have tied yourself down to this one person because you have exposed your emotional vulnerability with the person and the person has also exposed their emotional vulnerability with you and have decided to take the high road with you so out of respect for that verbal covenant that you have made by proposal you should then position yourself to know how to relate with other females and that's one of the key things i think should change after you are engaged because then you should be conscious that from then on out your life is really going to be about yourself and some other person and not yourself alone so when you propose and then the person says yes and then you are still banding about you know dating other people talking to other people you are in effect disrespecting the person that you are proposed to and you are saying that you do not cherish your words you know but as the bible says let your yes be a yes and let your nay be name anything apart from this is sin. that's what the bible actually says so your yes should be your yes and your nay should be your name so and, and the bible also says that no man puts his hands in a plow a, any man who puts his hands in a plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom the bible also says that no man who builds a tower does not count the cost first to know whether he can afford it before he builds it so before you propose you count the cost the cost is that you are now limiting yourself all the spectrum of people you could have been with you are now limiting yourself to that one person that you are deciding to dedicate your life to and to go through the processes of getting married to the person so in counting that cost you should be ready to pay the price that hey I am I am picking myself off the market and I'm dedicating my life to go through the process to get married to this person so these are some of the things that should change when you are engaged
0: I really like what you said that uh, you know you another person comes into your space so it's like when you are dating there's someone there in your space but then when you are caught in or when you are engaged it becomes much more closer more deeper you know and I really understand it and I know and believe that the listeners also, you know, agree with me, you know, and to talk about what you just said, that no man is fit for the kingdom when you, you know, you plow and yeah, it's true. So there are some people, there are others out there that actually, you know, and, and get engaged or start cutting and Sometimes, somehow, they, they it doesn't end in marriage. So as you said, you have to be sure. You, you 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 have to know what you are doing. Getting someone else, knowing that oh, you are you right now it's not about you again. It's about another another person. And I to do this. Yeah, that is really powerful. That's really powerful things that you said. And to the next question, what are your views on counseling?
2: okay so for me um i think counseling is very important um however uh, i think that the general idea behind counseling you know it's to teach the two of you you know you need to understand what you are getting yourself into counseling is the build up to the marriage you know it's there you know of course uh, it depends on the kind of counseling you're going for some do premarital counseling and post-marital counseling but a lot of people do just premarital counseling right so at counseling you'll be taught first of all you are going to be interviewed by your church they'll be asking you why you want to get married you need to know what you're getting yourself into a lot of people think getting married is what you see on instagram and what you see in the trends you know people don't know what marriage really is you know but when you go for counseling you understand what marriage is you understand what it entails You understand cardinal topics you know like um, um, commitments you know like um, um, temperaments the way to navigate around your emotions and all of that these are things that are not directly taught in church you know and of course you can argue that with the power of the Holy Spirit you can do all things but counseling also affords you with the knowledge you know because the people who take you through the counseling are people who have been married themselves or who are still married and have practical experiences that they can give you before you enter you know so it's very critical that you go through counseling before and after so so the counseling process really is to prepare you emotionally is to prepare you spiritually is to prepare you mentally for the institution that you are you know going to put yourself into so i think that is so cardinal that you go through counseling imagine if you are 25 let's say you are you married at 30 years right and let's say you die at 100 that means you would have been married for 50 good years so going for 10 weeks 15 weeks counseling for something you'll be living for 15 years there is no correlation there you know so even though it's so short it may seem so trivial the knowledge that you are given is so important because the bible said that let husbands dwell with their wives according to knowledge you see and the bible said by knowledge a house is built so knowledge is the foundation knowledge is the bedrock by which every house is built and every house i mean the institution of marriage is built it is built on knowledge and that knowledge can be given to you by people who have gone through it or people who are already in the marriage who can give you practical experiences on how to build your marriage so it's very cardinal that you go through counseling babe over to you
3: okay i also want to add that it gives you a different opinion on the marriage so they are not fixated with what you think you know most of the time what we think we know may not be it let's even say there's even some truth in what we think we know when you also hear from someone else it gives you a different opinion the matter and most of the time you may not be the only ones in counseling so you get to interact with other people and also know how they are also thinking okay Because the marriage is just about the two of you, sure. But it's not just about the the two of you. Yeah, we are going to have issues from family, friends. Like, you are going to be exposed to a lot of things. So I think it's only right to have a different opinion on things that also go on so that when it gets, they're able to make an informed decision. So it's just to build up on on your knowledge base. Yeah, And like we all know, it's only in marriage that... You are given a certificate before you enter so why won't you acquire all the knowledge that you can get for the
2: journey you're about to
3: embark on yeah thank you
2: yes and just to add to that um i think that for a lot of young people who get married the one of the primal things is maybe one it's probably the only thing a lot of people think about people are thinking about how marriage gives you the legal right to have sexual intercourse that is the primary reason why a lot of people get married you know and of course you defend it with scripture that i mean it's better to marry than to bear and which is true but when you go through counseling it gives you other reasons why you are getting married It, it it distracts you from your fixation on sexual activity to the real issues that will happen because of course you will not be having sexual activity 24 7 right there'll be other real life issues that will come up behavioral issues social issues family issues you know even spiritual issues but the counseling process really equips you for you to be able to navigate through all those instances
1: wow that's amazing god bless you and thank you so much for shining light on the need for counseling i want to ask that have you ever had and what is your advice on long distance relationship? And um, I'll show this question to Dr. Stephanie and after Dr. Michael and shipping
3: <laughs> Long distance relationship? Huh? Hm. Yes, we've been in a long distance relationship at some point. So you know, in 2020, we all had to come home because of COVID, right? And Michael does not stay in a car, or he wasn't staying in a car by that time, he was in Cove Town, and I was here in a car. And my family, they are really strict, so my plans don't give me the freedom that I want. I'm always at home, and besides, by that time, the president even not say we should not go anywhere, so we we're all we were, we were at home. So it was, it was actually hard, and we we're home for like eight months or nine it was almost a year and it was one of the most difficult times in our relationship yeah though the relationship didn't end we we really went through a lot it's really hard to maintain a long-distance relationship trust me it's very 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 difficult especially if both of you are not friends because we are even friends but we even struggle so you can imagine if you know you are not friends no because there's actually a touch of the relationship that comes when you see each other there's there's a spark you get when you see each other that you may not necessarily get when you are not seeing each other and that alone adds some freshness to the relationship right so when that thing is taken away you're only left with calls you have to call text you have to do video calls and there are times the video call itself is not even enough like the are saying you just want to see the person just breathe the same air as the person. Just you know, interact with the person. So it's really hard. It's really, really hard. Not 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 even about the sexual parts, because you are we are not supposed to do that. I'm just talking about, you know, enjoying the, the, the person's companionship, just sitting and talking, like they are priceless things that you know you can't really you know quantify. So it's very hard to be in a long distance relationship. And well, I I personally cannot handle it. So well, that's that's me. Some people are doing so well with it. And, you know, I really ad- admire them for that. But that's something I can't do because of the way I am. Okay, I'm like the chatty person because I'm easily bored. Not bored as in angry, but because I'm easily bored with you know doing things. One week long distance will not help me, so it's, it's really hard. But if per chance you happen to be in a long distance relationship, then trust me, you have to put in a lot of work. You, if unless the normal people are putting in. Like forty percent of work, you in a long distance relationship, you have to put in like ninety percent to a hundred percent, because some things that are supposed to come easily to you have been taken away, so you now have to put in more work. If you're not ready to work at it, it will not work. Mike, Mike, Mike sent me a certain like I mean, I don't know whether that was a memo or was or was a podcast from someone. So the man was saying that he's been married for twenty three years, right? And marriage is work, so if you are not ready and you not not just one person if both of you are not willing to work the marriage will not work so marriage is is, is, is not just lovey dovey and the butterflies and all that it's work it's a lot of work you have to invest a lot of work in it so if both parties in the long distance relationship are lazy and about and they are, and they are, they are not ready to put in the work it's not going to happen okay so it's really hard to be in a long distance relationship but that does not mean it is not possible so many people have done it and it worked for them but I think both people have to consider their nature and do what works best for them handy have anything to say
2: yeah so to add on to that I would say that um, long-distance relationships first of all they are not for the faint-hearted the long-distance relationships are for the discipline you know I believe that you can make it work If it's long distance, it requires, you know, contribution from the two of you, it requires a deliberate intentional commitment to the relationship to make it work because there are so many variables that can sway you. You can get distracted. You can get attached to other people. You can see physically, you know, and all of the other things that come with long distance relationship, but it takes a lot of focus and attention you know, and and that is and that is the place maturity has in a relationship. That is why you need to be mature to a certain extent before you enter a relationship. Because if you are mature emotionally, then you know that your emotional dependency is not tied to the presence or the physical presence of the person. That the person cannot be felt tangibly physically does not mean that your emotional needs are suspended you see so once you understand that fact then you know that okay so the tools you can rely on for the time being are say phone calls and video calls and all of that so you maximize the use of those tools you see because it is very easy to get swayed and to get distracted by other things you see and a lot of times the reasons why long long distance relationships fail It's not if the principles are actually biblical the principles to follow are biblical so for example if you understand the love of god no and you understand that love love in a relationship is triangular right so horizontally we share love with each other but both of us have a, a love with god if you understand the love of god and you understand that you love the other person as you love god for god is love then there is no way you betray the love of god for other things just because the person is not physically with you of course human interaction is very important but it requires a certain dedication think about this you can't see god with your physical eyes but you have a relationship with god you pray every day you feel the presence of the holy spirit that is the way god teaches us to be able to go through long distance relationships you may not be able to see the person physically but you can feel the person you can pray with the person, you can reach the person. And those are things you can do to maintain contact with the person, make sure you're not losing focus. So long distance relationships are hard, yes, but they are not impossible. They are very, very possible, but it will require dedication and focus to
1: be able to pull through it. Great, that's amazing. Um, Dr. Mike, in your explanation, you said there are other factors that can take your attention, like other people that are around. And in the case of other people that you are getting closer to, what would you advise is something we do? Okay, so one of
2: the things people do all the time, this is a very common phenomenon. So, say you are in a long distance, really, and this is this is going to be tied to only long distance relationships. Even when the person is a little close to you, you know, you can see the person physically, you are not with the person every day, so people. You will all see and 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 i want people who are listening to this to take this cue from me you will always meet people who are beautiful intelligent smart and seem to fit the description of what you are looking for but are not again for the rest of your life even when you marry you will not stop meeting people who are beautiful handsome smart spiritual who seem to fit your criteria what you are looking for in a partner but are not what you need you see so they might appear to be what you want but they will not be what you need because the holy spirit is the one who guides your heart and gives you what you need for the purpose that lies ahead of you so one of the mistakes a lot of people make is that when you realize that you are becoming comfortable around somebody instead of you if you are in a relationship the first thing you do and i do this all the time that i will let you know you the person who is warming up to me i'll let you know that or it will be evident that i am taken because i am already engaged with somebody you know of course there's some very simple simple things you can do like for example if you pick my phone dr stephanie is my wallpaper if you hear me on the call i'm speaking with dr stephanie so if you're in my work environment i don't have to even tell you that i'm in a relationship these things will let you know that i am i am not single you get it and when you overlook all of these signals and you are trying to warm up to me i have a responsibility to cut it short immediately people have a tendency of it's like people are it's like you are waiting to see what happens it's like unconsciously you are waiting to see what happens and that is a recipe for disaster that's why a lot of people end up cheating in their relationships don't wait to see anything that will happen because the bible said for we are not ignorant of the devices of the enemy lest he takes advantage of us so the devil takes advantage of people because they are ignorant of his devices people think that people who are compatible with them should necessarily be for them you can be compatible with somebody and the person will not be the person the right person for you according to the plan of god so immediately realize that you are beginning to like somebody or whatever you should immediately cut it out and don't make the person comfortable around you let it be clear to the person that i am in a relationship or that i am engaged and that will save you a lot of trouble especially in long distance relationships and then number two when it happens like that immediately begin to communicate with your partner you know I know, this is a very controversial thing to say. So it's like, um, if Dr. Stephanie is crashing on somebody, immediately she tells me that, oh, oh, I've seen this guy, he's a very nice guy. Like, of course, my reaction is, I'll be jealous. Okay, but immediately she tells me what has happened. The power of that crash is broken and she cannot advance, even if she wanted to, because now it is common knowledge between us and it becomes awkward if you continue to do what you are doing so it's like the power that the devil that have had over you for you trying to make the thing secret breaks when that conversation is had between the two people who are engaged uh-huh. and it makes it very easy to be able to navigate through long distance relationships
1: that's wisdom that's wisdom <laughs> yeah. okay. okay over to you would you like to add something to these friends that come or these people that come in relationships? Thank you, Danny. Michael has
3: actually said everything. Like he's he's really given a very vivid explanation. But I, g- I guess the main point is don't get too cozy with you know other people. And this is a flaw, especially with us. These we mostly warm up to people so easily okay and like he rightfully said there are times you really don't or you are you're 100 sure that this person coming to to take your attention the relationship will not it, work but it's like you are actually enjoying it no that's actually cheating that that's that's cheating you know you cheating your partner is not just about going to sleep with someone else if you are giving your emotional attention to someone else it's cheating well, that's how I I see it. It's is, it is cheating. Because why would you get cozy with, you know, with with someone else? Or with, let's say, a different guy or girl when you have a partner? Why can't you get cozy with that person? And all these things brings me back to the points we said in the beginning. That you should talk about basically everything. Some people will be like, oh, why will I have to come and tell you that I'm crushing on this person? But now we understand how important that communication is okay and like and like michael said that breaks the the power of that crash turning into something else but some people will just take it as a trivial something and they'll wallow in it till it become something big and if this people lack self-control and all that that leads to something else so communicate when it's even painful still talk Okay, so our rules in, in communication are that we only don't talk when, let's say, the thing is pleasant. When I even know that what I'll say will hurt him, I'll still have to say it. Okay, because you realize that that saves you both in the long run. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you so much, Dr. Stephanie. That was very wise. That was very wise. And there's something that you said that really caught my attention. You spoke about, you know, the people that come around you and it just brought my mind to the term besties. So you are dating now, you are cutting. So for the people out there, out there, is it wise to be cutting someone and have a bestie of the opposite sex? And as you said, be cozy, you know, around your bestie, uh, even though you are cutting. You have someone that you are willing, are uh, ready to get married to. Please, can you throw more light on
3: it okay thank you Mama. <laughs> besties yeah. so I'm gonna share a personal experience okay so my preamble to that is I don't support besties or booze or best friends of the opposite sex when you're in a relationship I don't support it. my reasons are one so like I said michael has always been my best friend for like seven plus years okay he's been my best friend so i remember when when i think i was in second year i made a detour i I made a mistake i started a relationship with someone and interestingly from day one i knew i was i was making a mistake yes this that's that's no i knew the relationship would not work okay And Michael was my best friend and I was in a relationship and I knew Michael liked me. And I knew I liked him too, but I had a preconceived mindset and that was eating me up. Okay, so I was in this relationship with this guy and from the onset, I knew I had made a very big mistake. And guess, guess what happened? This guy was, I I don't know the right word to use. But this guy was insecure in the relationship because he saw Michael as a threat. Why? Because Michael was my best friend and it was that bad to the extent that I could be talking to this guy and I'll be mentioning Michael, oh if if and it was Michael, Michael would have said it was my this Michael that like it was always about Michael. So he literally like warned me to stay away from Michael and that wasn't possible because I was in the same class with him. We used to study together. But he, like... Because he was feeling insecure, he even told me not to study with Michael. And it was that bad. So, I I honestly don't see how, you know, you can marry two. One, one one party would lose. And most of the time, is the person you are in the relationship with who is not your best friend. Of Okay, not everyone can marry their best friend, but i personally believe why why would you have a husband and have a male best friend why what what is this that the male best friend you know has that you know your, your, your husband can't can't have or why would someone be your best friend and you are in a relationship with someone else like i i really don't 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 get like the two being being together because someone is is your best friend it means you share some form of you know attachment with the person you share a bond with the person you share a connection with the person okay so if you have these connections with someone of the opposite sex Which room is there to accommodate another person of the same opposite sex to be in a relationship with the person? So me, it doesn't work for me. Of course, if you're a lady and you have a lady best friend, that's okay. That's that's fine. But having a best friend of the opposite sex, there's something fishy about it. Your partner will always feel left out and that is not a good way to be in a relationship. Because she always be you know was referring to your bestie and you know with besties You always want to hang out with our besties So let's say you have to be with your partner You still going to leave your partner at home when you eventually married and going out with your bestie? No So once you have a bestie, I think that bestie is supposed to be your husband Yes, it is not right.
0: Yeah yes please it's not right i really like what you said like you actually answered the question like perfectly dr michael King is there anything that you'd like to add to what um dr stephanie said
2: yes so don't do it <laughs> it's it's a wrong move it's a wrong move the primal instinct of a male does not allow him to be best friends with the opposite sex without any alternative motive the primal instinct of the male does not allow him to have a female best friend without any ulterior motive, it's not possible it's our nature if a guy is your best friend he's your best friend because he's waiting for an opportunity you see, once there's a crack in the door, he would jump and fit his whole body into that crack if you allow it you know so because of that I mean for me no the person that you are in a relationship with should be your best friend and that is what really will be the sure foundation upon which your relationship can be built on because it is through the friendship that you can communicate that you can love each other and all of that you know so so don't do it It's, it's no no you'll be kidding yourself if you think you can't do this don't if, since the beginning of time nobody has been able to survive this thing so you shouldn't try and become you know a control experiment to validate this assertion. it has always been like that and it will always be like that best friends of the opposite sex don't help any relationship unless the people involved are the best friends
0: well, emphasis on what dr. Michael said since the beginning of time no one has been able to pull this off please don't do it don't do it yes moving on to our next question what preparations towards marriage do you advise
3: okay (laughs) there are lots of you know things you have to prepare for if you want to get married or when you are in the process of getting married so, I'll speak on some from the lady's perspective, then Dr. Michael would tackle on that from the guy's perspective. So, I so lady, I think you should first of all, you know, pair your mind and your heart. That's the first for me because, you know, when you're embarking on a journey of marriage, it's not really a physical, you know, journey. So, your spiritual senses must be up, okay? And your mindset should also change. Like I, like I said earlier, th- that should even affect the way that you do your things. Because you you know that now you are starting a family, or you are gonna be starting a family soon. So some things you used to do should should change. If if you know you were someone who can sleep from six six to twelve, you are still sleeping. No, that should change because you really can't be doing that when you know you are married. you are someone who used to spend on anything you buy all the shoes you know that should change because you're going to be running a home if if you know if let's say you are not a clean person you even don't know how to tidy your home you don't know how to wash you don't know how to cook all these things have to change you have to start learning the things that you have to know if if you want to have a good marriage okay and that that aside i think you should also have a job well there are, there are so many things that you know, people say that is the man's duty to take care of you, of course And also, I'm not, you know, doubting that fact. That's very true But in the current 21st century, we find ourselves in Trust me, no man that me I know of would, would even ask the lady out when she is not working Gone were the days that men used to pride in being the ones to take care of the home. Now, now you know of how the world is going and how things keep getting harder and harder. Well, we are Christians, so God will always come through for us. But that does not mean that we should not also do our parts. Okay, so I will no, trust me, no man will want a lady who will leave all the burden on him. Now, when men are looking for wives, they're looking for wives who is their burden, so find something doing it really doesn't have to be anything crazy but just get you know busy okay find them something doing and also make a little money for yourself and so that you don't really come off as a burden to the man i always say that there are some things that if you're a lady and you're still going to ask your husband for money to buy you are not serious like you are menstruating you always go for money for part oh no that's like crazy so at least have some money that you can buy things that you need that's you know i I mean it's not everything that you're supposed to ask your your man for okay yeah so you should have some money you should be prepared mentally spiritually emotionally and you start taking better care of yourself if you did not used to do that and well that's my personal rule i think if you're a lady, our uh, mothers and our grandmothers used to do it, there. and I think it's still a rule that's hell because, well, you know that in the home, you are basically in charge of, of the kitchen, right? So if you are someone who loves to cook like I do, I think it's also, that would also be the best time to start investing in things for your home. When you're preparing for a marriage, it's not just about the wedding and the kinty you wear and your gown, your makeup artist. No, not just about that. I I think that the number one aim should be getting things for your home. Because when the ceremony is over and done with, where are you going to stay? Are Are you going to sleep on the streets? How how are you going to live your life when you are done with the marriage ceremony? So if both of you don't have a place to stay, that is the best time to start looking for a place to stay. That's the best time to start buying things you need to make your home. And that to me is even more more important than the show at dinner wedding. So I think it's more prudent to start buying maybe your kitchen utensils, your knives, your your spoons, your forks, your like yes, yeah, start buying things that you need to run your home that's what I'll say mike
2: yeah so um for the man you need to be prepared spiritually mentally and emotionally to get married that's the first thing you need to do you need to pray more trust god more for learn to trust god more for things because you are you are about to become the head of a home and your wife is going to look up to you for leadership okay of course you are co-leaders and all that but the bible said the man is the head of the woman as christ is the head of the man you see so in the home the man is the head anything that has two heads is a monster and and they cannot exist so in the home the man is the head and it is a responsibility even even if it's not a spoken rule spiritually that is the responsibility god will give you so you need to be preparing yourself and positioning yourself if you, you don't pray well please you need to learn how to start praying because you will be the gatekeeper of the home and it's going to be your responsibility secondly as something i mean dr stephanie mentioned that the preparation has to go beyond the wedding day so now you need to be thinking of if you're you don't, you're, you don't you don't work, you need to get a job you need to get something that will be bringing in some stable income because you need money. Money is one of the things people really quarrel and fight and divorce about. You don't want money to become a problem. So you need to be, you know, working for yourself. At least have enough for yourself. Something that, that you can survive on. You need to be able to think about things like where you will stay, you know, and the, and the kind of quality of life that you want to live. And then what you also want to do is that you want to have conversations with your fiance or fiance about your expectations in the marriage. This is something a lot of people don't do. It's very vital. You need to have conversations about your expectation. So your emotional expectation, your sexual expectation, your spiritual expectation, you know, all the other expectations. So that you need to so that nothing really becomes a surprise per se. There will still be surprises anyway. But you can minimize the amount of surprise seller shocks that you receive after you marry. So these are things that you do in the period of, you know, engagement and preparing yourself for the marriage. You need to prepare emotionally. You need to prepare spiritually. You need to prepare mentally. You need to prepare where you're going to stay, the work you're going to do, the kind of quality of life you have and all of that. And begin to invest in the things that will make you live a quality life. A A lot of times people put all their money together and have an extravagant wedding and then that's all but you need to consider the quality of life you have after that wedding and prepare accordingly so that you don't become you know no man no man prepares to build a tower without counting the cost first so it is wisdom for you to be able to put all of these things in perspective so that you can marry well
0: wow 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 that was very insightful, very insightful, and I do really agree. And I believe that not only if we are caught in that, even if you are single, even if you are dating, as long as you know you are going to get married one day, as we were told by our lovely we should start preparing emotionally physically you know you want you would ride um a car one day you have to start you know learning how to drive and also at an early age or at an early time learning how to drive learning the manual and i really agree with our guest for that and also i want to ask this question um with the preparations, what do you think about, you know, listening to um, aud- audios of people speaking on marriages and dating, and reading books of such, even before you start dating or even before you start courting? What do you think of those things for people that know that one day they will get married? How does how does these things, you know, help us to get prepared? Dr. Michael.
2: Yeah. So, knowledge is power. You know, without knowledge, there is no power. The Bible said, "Without knowledge, the people perish." People perish in relationships and marriages because they don't—they they lack knowledge. When you read books, you gain insight and perspective. Your mind is opened to things on your own you might not have thought of. Books contain experiences lifetimes are compressed in books something you would have used 15 years to learn you can read in 30 minutes and it is going to change your life so the more you acquire knowledge on a topic the more easier you are able to navigate your way through it so listening to sermons reading books you know going for seminars and all of that about marriage will broaden your perspective about marriage just this morning i mean i I listened to um, a conversation between two married people and i've learned a lot you know a few days ago i watched a movie it was about marriage and i learned a lot and i've added it to my wealth of knowledge about what i am getting myself into so all these materials will help to position you you know in all the aspects that we are talking about and, and gives affords you years of experience that you don't need to be making mistakes to learn you see so so experience may be the best teacher but the school fees are expensive again experience may be the best teacher but the school fees are very 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 expensive so experience is not the best teacher reflection rather is the best teacher and your reflection can be from books you have read Somebody can live their life, for, somebody can marry for six, seventy years and write a book. And you don't need to be married for 70 years to know what the, the, the 70 years married old people know. You can have all that knowledge compressed in a book. And that gives you an advantage so that you can come out better than they did. That's
3: good. I also want to add that in, in as much as you are doing that, you should let the Holy Spirit guide you. Okay, because not all books or movies are meant for our consumption. So you should be able to, you know, siphon what you are supposed to read and what you are not supposed to read. And how do you do that? Let the
2: Holy Spirit guide you. That's all about. This is why I'm chasing (laughs) as (laughs) much.
1: Wow, amazing! Mm. In your answer dr mike you said that it's not advisable to have a very huge wedding and then not take into consideration the kind of life the quality of life that you want to live after you get married and after that wedding ceremony so i'm asking this question that what is your take on extravagant weddings and simple weddings
2: I think at the end of the day it all boils down to what you can afford, you know. But I wish that the house is built. So before you build your home, you need to put into perspective the quality of life that you want to live. If you want to spend all your money on an extravagant wedding but have no quality of life, then you are not wise, you know, and you lack wisdom and you need to ask for wisdom because (laughs) there is no wisdom in it to have an extravagant wedding and then lack a place to stay and a certain quality of life that you want the wedding day is a day it's one day but the marriage is a lifetime so you need to focus rather on the marriage rather than the wedding day if you can afford and still have the kind of quality of life that you want absolutely no problem I know that for other countries, these things I am saying might be difficult to understand, but in our context, a wedding is basically a festival. It's, it's a big deal. You know, it's a big deal because a lot of people have made it so. But really, it, it should not be, you know, so if you want to go extravagant, you can't go extravagant, but you must do that having at the back of your mind the kind of quality of life that you are going to have afterwards because the marriage extends beyond the wedding day after that extravagant wedding everybody is going to go home of course they'll be happy to dance they'll be happy of the dress you wore and all of that but by the next two days everybody has forgotten the food they ate and everybody has forgotten the dress you wore and it will not matter anymore you know so before you go for an extravagant wedding by all means if you want to you should but make sure that it is not going to deny you of a quality dignified and and proper life to live don't deprive yourself of a quality life for an extravagant wedding if you can have both brilliant if you can't have both please prioritize the marriage over the wedding
3: okay yeah i also share the same sentiment on that but you know i'll just say that know yourself or the both and people should know themselves some people will have an extravagant wedding we we see that they have an extravagant wedding but it is sponsored and you go and look at it and now you want to do yours like that when you don't have sponsors okay some people marry and the guy or the lady does not even pay a dime. Their families do or maybe they are their auntie is a caterer, So they auntie go and do the food. One 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 other auntie does me he be flowers. The person do flowers for them. One auntie shows. Like so some have a very great wedding and that trends on social media but they don't even pay for it. So do what works best for both of you. Okay. And I think you can also have a simple, and nice wedding which will look extravagant but may not be extravagant. What am I saying? That if you have a lot of friends or if you have good friends, I, I mean, I'll put it on not just friends, but good friends, okay? Or let's say if you happen to have a good relationship with people, per your relationship with them, those people can offer their services to you at a reduced price, Okay. So maybe you really know someone who so suggests, And now most people have put in their mind that when you are doing a wedding day, you have to cash out. So you actually can let someone, can ask someone to, to, to do a three-tier cake for your birthday party. And let's say the person will charge you like, let's say, a hundred cities. It's definitely going to be more, but let's assume a hundred cities. But the moment you say, please, can you do a wedding cake for me? The person's mind has now into gear gear six so the person feels like this is this is the time for me to cash out because it's a wedding cake so now instead of a hundred cities, so the person might be saying thousand five thousand six thousand but it's basically what a person could have done with a wedding cake so it's like the, the way the, the moment you know we all hear wedding our mindsets Changes and it's because of how we've made it look in the country. Okay, Mike always talks about how the foreigners do their weddings 10 people, 15 people you know, you go to a garden, they are like very simple, so you really don't have to break your bank to have that kind of marriage. But here in Ghana, it's really a big deal like, some people even use a whole week, like, do they start the wedding from Saturday and do finish the next week. So, my, no, my point is, <clears throat> do whatever works for both of you okay but don't don't do it to impress at the expense of your pocket if you have people who are helping you with it and you can't do it that's fine if you don't that should not make you feel sad you can always celebrate your anniversaries when god has blessed both of you and i think this really goes to people who are now starting life some people are you know are blessed to marry from rich homes or maybe the guy they are marrying has been working for 10 years and the guy was just working for them so the guy has money to spread them but if you are someone who is now starting life with your partner i believe you have to understand and not compare okay don't say that because your, your friend's guy has done this for your friend your guy should also do the same thing when you know he's really not in the power to do that at that time that does not mean God is not going to come through God will come through for them but at that time do what works for both of you and don't live your life to impress anyone so do a simple wedding if that is what you can afford do an extravagance wedding if that is what you can afford or if you have people who are helping you with it Thank you.
0: Thank you so much, Dr. Stephanie. That's amazing, and yeah, you 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 answered it the question. You and Dr. Michael was so clear and got a lot of insights and a lot of wisdom from it. So, um, so sad, but um, it's coming to an end, and with the listeners out there. I would like you to say a few words to to them there are people that are out there that all they are thinking about is getting married the ring and everything what would be your advice to them there are others out there to that actually sincere knowing what they want are preparing for it so what would be your Advice that you would give to the listeners out there in general, single dating, coping, married yeah, all of them, starting from you, Dr. Michael.
2: Okay, so the Bible says, Can two work together except they be agreed? You know, so it is marriage is an institution, relationship is an institution set by God to bring people together. And marriage is the apex of that institution. So you kickstart the process through dating, through courtship, to engagement, to the pinnacle, which is marriage. Okay. And so understand that there is power when the two of you come together and decide to want to be together God's way. And when you decide to honor God's word and do half an exemplary relationship according to how God wants it God honors his word in your life the Bible said if a man finds a wife he finds a good thing and he obtains favor from the Lord so when you as a man you end up finding somebody you propose to who says yes there is favor that you obtain from the Lord that favor is financial favor is spiritual favor is health favor is vitality favor all of a sudden you realize that everything you put your hands to becomes a blessing so don't despair if you are single and you are hearing me understand that your your period of being single is your period of preparation so that when finally you get to that stage you can play a better part as a part of a pair if you're in a relationship let your focus the bible said if your eye be single your body is full of light let your focus be one that the agenda is for us to get married and we are preparing towards that if you are engaged or you are in courtship understand that you are near the target don't mess up keep yourselves in spiritual purity pray together trust god to help you to go through the process and at the end of the day you're going to give glory to god because god will be your help and he's going to be your present help in time of need so make sure that you are living exemplary lives exemplary relationships relationships that will be reference points for the church so that people can point to you and say that "Mm, godly dating exists godly courtship and godly engagement exists don't be the reason why people say men are trash i hate men fear women all those things rather be examples, be examples, and I'm telling you that there's a blessing associated with that. The more you do it God's way, the more you are blessed. Thank you.
3: Wow, wow, wow. wow. Okay, so I I already I want to, you know, repeat all what he said, but I'll just add on, okay? So I also want to say that when you have that person, okay. The person may not look like who you've always dreamed of, okay? Or the person may be different from what, like maybe if let's say you've already had a preconceived mindset, don't stick to your mindset. And especially for us ladies, God has given us a power to make or to form into being. If if you have a man and the man is not where you think he's supposed to be trust me girl you have the power to make the man whom you want him to be by the power of God so don't be dismayed okay or don't also be tempted by what you see some people are privileged to marry <clears throat> Very rich guys. Some people are privileged to marry people older than them. We're all different people Once you once you find what works for you stick to it Be committed to it if even if every other person is saying otherwise Don't let their comments, you know, you know distract you trust God and trust me, there are so many people who will tell you, um when you know you listen to the issue, Best and the best they will tell you that when when they met these great men of God, there was nothing that looked like they are they are going to be where they are now. They only followed vision and purpose and the guidance of God. Don't be swayed. And I always say that I went to the salon last week and I was having a conversation with my hairdresser and we're talking about how young ladies of today are being killed you know necessarily and all that because they are lusting after money and i always say that if if you find a guy who is not a christian and the person has so much money and and you also know that the job the person is doing should not give him that kind of money It's either you are dating a ritualist or you are dating a foster but it's interesting how young ladies of today will rather you know want to date these kind of people just because they feel that they have an image to you know impress or something don't do that don't waste your youthful years on something you know is not going to you know, be, be worth it. Don't waste your youthful years on something you know is not going to last. Okay, the, the Bible says that ill-acquired world will flee out the same way it came in. Okay, so don't last after, you know, things, you know, necessarily. Just trust God and build with your partner that is some some people are you know fortunate enough to have people who are settled and all that but if for some reason you don't have someone who is settled build with the person and trust me you're going to enjoy the benefits more than someone who just came to enjoy not to say that if if you are with a rich person don't enjoy a relationship enjoy a relationship but also find ways of maintaining the world and don't just be there when things are good. Learn to stick when also things are not going so well like you'd also want it to go. Okay. So just trust, trust God, stay committed in in your relationships and know that the person you are with is not perfect. Okay. No matter how much you love the person, no matter how Christian the person is, the person is still a human being. Sorry. The the person has flaws. The person can make mistakes. So learn to, you know, given let's go when the person makes mistakes god bless us so i hope you had a wonderful time
1: god bless you too so much and indeed we, we, we we've had a, a wonderful and amazing and blessed time so much wisdom has been spoken um by you too and we are we've been impacted so much so much so much god bless you so much i mean i've learned a lot i um, looking forward to a lot my mind has been um transformed and i'm looking forward to this stage in relationship god bless you so much we've had an amazing time and the listeners out there god bless you so much for listening on this podcast i know you have been blessed share to someone you know needs this amen people are uh, in this stage of their life and some of them are clueless some of your friends you know have just been um just been proposed to have just been engaged, and you know they have no clue of what they are doing. So please share, share with them, and bless someone's life. Um, help transform someone and prepare someone for such a stage like this. God bless you so much, um, Dr. and Dr. Uh, Mike and Steph. And God bless you so much, this next. Thank you so much. Can you catch the next episode, same time on Generational Boys. Have a blessed and a wonderful day. Bye.